sorry. Welcome to the Experts Podcast, where we take you behind the scenes of what it really means to be in the media. Featuring interviews with media stable experts and some of Australia's prominent media. We'll break down some of the myths, the fears, the skills and the knowledge needed to succeed in the media. The Experts Podcast is for the business owner, communicator, PR professional, leader of industry or anyone looking to develop their profile to be a recognised expert. The Experts Podcast is powered by Media Stable. Well, hello everyone. Welcome to another episode of the Experts Podcast. Nick Hayes here. Hello, Carmen Braidwood. Hi, Nick. Good to see you. It's good to see you. Now, we're obviously doing an audio, a, a podcast here. It's all about the radio, but we're talking to a TV guy today. We've got a TV guy and you've gone and put the pressure on because he's my boss as well. Well, I was about to say, because I've seen you in quite a few of his programs. <laughs> Trevor Cochran, welcome to the show. Thanks very much for having me on. I will turn your microphone on like a couple of dead set professionals. Oh, there we go. Yeah, thank you for having me on the show. Don't worry, I just had it on the wrong one. That's because (laughs) your production team didn't turn up today to actually make this all happen for us. They're busy out doing all sorts of things as we speak. If I were to describe (laughs) Trevor Cochran to you, Nick, I'd, I'd, I'd say, you know... The Garden Guru. And mm-hmm. most people will know the Garden Guru from TV, but he's also an Australian media guru as well. Well, well I, I did actually say to the few people in the office before, just saying that you were coming in, oh, yeah, the gardening guy. <laughs> well, that's it. So we started uh, the Garden Gurus 20 years ago. I came out of a career um, prior to that where I was um, running the marketing for the biggest section of Bunnings Warehouse. So uh, we'd introduced the the warehouse concept to Australia and, and spread it out. I spent eight years with that organisation. Wow! And then uh, left the business, started the business with a I think a turnover of around about six hundred thousand a year, and left the business with a turnover of around about four billion or so. So it, just in that category. So it was a pretty pretty good learning curve for me. And then later on. Uh, I'd, I'd always worked in media, um, particularly in that garden side. So my, my origins are horticulture. So I'd, I'd originally come through that and then sort of uh, gone through a, a few evolutions of business studies along the way and uh, ended up there and then, then sort of went, well, look, you know what? I reckon this garden show thing can't be too hard. <laughs> oh my How'd God. that work out? <laughs> <laughs> few, few learning lessons along the way, but, uh, you know, 20 years down the line, we are the last um, last standing uh, dedicated gardening program on free-to-air commercial television. It, there you go. It, it is fascinating because mm. I think, I mean, I, I'm passionate about my lawn. Mm-hmm. I'm not so passionate about my garden generally, but um, we are mad gardeners, aren't we? Well, I think COVID's um, probably brought the the whole sector back for you know back into sort of relevance. So so many of us uh, in lockdown were in a situation where we suddenly went, well, actually, I'm not going anywhere for a while. What am I mm. going to do? Mm. You know, we said I'd get that veggie patch going. Oh, we said I'd get the lawn back up to scratch. Um, thought we'd do a bit of a reno job on the uh, on the pool area and put a few sort of palms in or something like that. And and that's what happened. And and that whole sector just exploded. And I suppose to some extent, you know, we we were reinvigorated in our own right, you know, just walking into your reception, you know, full of indoor plants. And, mm. and uh, you know, this morning we, we, we do a, a, a Facebook Live show every Monday morning and uh, the number of questions this morning on indoor plants was through the roof. And people have become really sophisticated. So we've got this younger generation of people in their 30s that are saying, oh, I'm looking for variegated. I've got, I've got a variegated monstera and I've got a oh, wow. variegated syngonium and I've got a, but I'm looking for something different. I'd like something that's got sort of some fragrance to it. And, and that's, 
that's a significant change because the garden industry had lost a generation. There were a lot of reasons why that happened, but they missed a generation. So school kids were being well-educated in the importance of growing food, but uh, the rest of it was an older person's um, sort of activity. So here was this guy in my sort of 30s and 40s coming through the the garden education system of of going out and talking to the public and encouraging them. And, And I'm mixing with people like Carmen who's going... Yeah, yeah, plants, they're really good. Yeah, yeah. good on you. I don't know anything about them <laughs> yeah. at all. I've had to fudge my way through so many hours of gardening radio, it's not funny. I'm still looking up Google, variegated monster. <laughs> what is it? Exactly. There we go. Yeah, And that's it. I mean, Trevor, we talk to people on this show about positioning themselves as the expert, whether it's in their you know media appearances or it's making their own content. You mm. really are one of the originals who said, hey, I've got some expertise, I'm going to turn it into a show. Where did you find the confidence to do such a thing? Yeah, I don't know. I think uh, that sort of comes through probably exposure. I think um, my so my my career in media was one of those accidental careers. So uh, uh, one of my really good mates, a guy named Nev Passmore, was uh, was a well recognised garden expert uh, in in WA. And he was doing a, a small segment on a program called Good Morning Perth, which later became Jenny Seaton Live. Yes. So with Jenny Seaton, who's an icon mm. of the television industry in Western Australia in particular. And um, Nev, uh, Nev didn't turn up one day. And uh, I, was, I would always organise things for the producer and the producer's there. And he goes, well, look, let's, we're waiting for him to turn up. Let's just do a bit of a run through. Um, you do it. And uh, so I, I kind of did. And uh, uh, then he went, yeah, that's great, perfect. We got it in the can and they kind of mm. packed the van up and took off. And I went, but but Nev's not here yet. And I went, no, no, no you did it. And then I got asked to do it and, and then I kind of realised, oh, okay, well, look, I'm only talking about things that I know. And this is the important point that you guys make all the time. That is that don't engage in a subject matter that you are not fully au fait with. If you are not as good as the next guy in the street on a particular subject matter, don't talk about it yeah. because yeah. Uh, you look silly. And this is it. We, we have to be experts in the field that we're in. Um, but, but my career kind of evolved from that as well. It's because you get the the commercial reality of making TV and, and as someone who's hovered around TV through my broadcasting career, my observation has been that it's bloody hard to make money out of TV shows. Every man and his dogs thinks they can make a TV show or they've got an idea for one, but to actually get a business off the ground that makes not just one TV show, but how many shows have you got in the stable now? Yeah, so this year, so we, we in 2021 uh, produced 93 episodes from seven different series. Um, in 2022, the network have just contracted us to produce 150 episodes Crikey. and we've got two new series coming in. And it's a, it's a fairly broad sort of range of subject matter. So it's not all gardening. Um, the gardening makes up probably 30, 31 episodes of that. The rest of it is uh, is a lot of travel, yep. uh, a lot of food. And, uh, and what we've been doing is developing um, that whole lifestyle genre, um, building up. So some of it's local within Western Australia, some of it's national, and it just depends on, on you know, the project. Take out the gardening element side. I think you've got the best job going around. I mean, <laughs> if you're just dealing with mm. travel and food. I, I think mean, he's following his interests. Yeah. yeah. And, and mm-hmm. that, to your point, is around, oh, look, I'm an expert in this space. This is my area. I'm going to own it. So there's a there's another word that you you haven't brought up yet, but it, it gets down to something that um, that we should all 
we should all be doing, and that is we should be pursuing what we've got a passion for. Mm. Yes. And if, you, if you've got a passion for something, you can immediately talk with credibility. So I, I do have a passion for the food industry. I, I love the stories behind it. So what I realised was I, was I was pretty good at, at getting those things out of people that were just really fascinating. And uh, if I go back to the Garden Gurus for a second, the reason we called it the Garden Gurus, the Garden Gurus, was because, not because we, we all felt that we were gurus in, in the field, but we knew, I knew, because I'd worked through Bunnings, I knew all of these suppliers, all of these growers, these suppliers spending millions of dollars on developing new new concepts, new products, things that were environmentally friendly. They had a story behind them. Yep. And they were really good at developing it, but they weren't necessarily good at telling their story. Mm. That's it. And that's what we've all got to be good at. I just want to take you back to a comment you made a little earlier just to get when you got your opportunity. Mm-hmm. Uh, Neville didn't turn up and you took it. Great message there, Carmen. Oh, yeah. Because a lot of us don't realise that, it, it, you know, you just doesn't automatically happen and if you see an opportunity if it does come up that you can fill in for someone or you know it might be christmas period when all the regulars are off and it's a time mm-hmm. for those that are uh you know maybe not getting that monday to friday during the year go and take those opportunities because that do it well mm-hmm. you kept get, you'll get asked for, come back for more and look, you know, there's some really good examples of people, you know, people that we all know who who have worked in this industry because they've got a passion for it, and they what happens is they they volunteer their time. Look, can I can I be the person that's there sorting stuff out? I happen to be the guy that was sorting stuff out for Nev. Yeah. And and I got that one opportunity, and it, it just coincided with he actually got offered another opportunity, and they went, well, look, we know you can do it. You know you can do it. How about taking it on? So I think I did. Something like three or four years there. I then went to 6PR and I did mm-hmm. three or four years at 6PR, Saturday and Sunday mornings. Um, unfortunately, that doesn't do a lot for your social life, but that's another story <laughs> for another day. Not, not when you're Maybe. in your early 20s. Yeah. Uh, and, and then, uh, you know, I sort of had this bit of a career pitch where I, I kind of went off for a number of years uh, in the corporate world with, uh, with Bunnings and West Farmers and then sort of said, no, let, let's go back and let's do this TV thing because I think there is – there's an opportunity. It's one that's missed. And at the time, you also have to look at it. You know, there was Burke's Backyard. There was Gardening Australia. There was Backyard Blitz. There was Ground Force. There were shows coming out of our ears. Yes. Um, everywhere. And all of them had this garden element to it in some way or another. Um, but what wasn't being done was we weren't telling the story of innovation. So, you know, a plant breeder, if he comes out with a new rose, that might be a 10-year process to go from, you know, a seedling breeding, seedlings, growing them, seeing how they perform, monitoring it, trialling it against other things, checking disease resistance, eventually launching it to market. Hmm. Yep. Um, that person's got a story to tell. But what they usually do is they go, oh, yeah, I've got this new rose. It doesn't have as many thorns. And, and boy, it smells nice. And you go, yeah, okay, right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah that took you 10 years to get to that point, did it? Yeah. yeah, let, yeah me, let me help you tell your story. Yeah, yeah. And, and like anything, there are, there are fruits and things that will come out that will have that same story behind them. And what it does is it makes the product more palatable to the audience member. You know, it's all about the audience at mm. the end of the day, isn't it? Absolutely. And if you fail to actually tell the story, people aren't going to want to buy it. Well, you know, the Delish series that we're doing at the moment is a really good example. So it's a very simple concept, Delish from garden to table. Yeah. So we're, we're bringing in, you know, personalities who, you know, they're not, they're not chefs. In some, no. some cases they're not cooks, you know, um, but they come in and they've got one thing. We've all got our one signature dish, I right? watched your Pete Carelli last yeah. night. 
Pete, well, Pete, Pete's probably an exception. You know, he comes from an Italian family. Yeah, yeah. Um, real, real yeah. passionate um, foodie. You know, so he loves his food, and he was he was quite impressive. But there's been people like you know, baby John Burgess, who. You know, the time that he came into my kitchen was only the third time, according to his wife, he'd ever been in a kitchen. Oh, wow. And so she was standing there. And if we had to run the camera on what was really going on, you would have seen her instructing him clearly as to what he had to do next. And every time he did something wrong, she'd go, no, John, no. John, (laughs) the the knife and forks are underneath. They're underneath. So, you know, so we, we have a lot of fun with that. But but at the same time, that core message is actually, you know, it's a good thing to grow your own food at home. And, and there's a, a whole bunch of tips and hints and little stories that show you how to grow these things that just happen to be the thing that that celebrity uses as the base for their ingredient of their special dish. Now, as a storyteller, mm-hmm. because watching that show last night and and over your career is that you you achieve so many goals, as, and I think you even were telling us that um, you can bring and draw a story out in a in a place mm. that you're comfortable with and and they're comfortable. But you really did get that out of Pete. His background, his uh, his migrant background. He's well, he's brought up by his nonna, or not so much brought up by his nonna. But you could see that there was a lot more to his story than just as a radio broadcaster. Yeah, you were able to do that in a place where. Probably he's not, yeah, he's probably comfortable there, but you, you extracted that from him. Well, particularly Pete's field of, of radio has, has always been a one-way street. It's a bit like television. It's a one-way street. Normally, we tell you a story. And the great thing about social media was it gave people a chance to come back and actually ask a question or to get engaged. Mm. And engagement builds relationships. Yep. And relationships are based on trust. And so if you can, you know, if I can meet with, you know, if I can talk to 14,000 people this morning on our Facebook Live campaign um, and they're then watching the show and there's another, you know, 280,000 people watching the national show the the, the following Saturday, these people, it's cross-pollinating, there's trust between us. Um, m- most importantly, it, it is a relationship yes. that we're forming and it's a trust relationship. Yep. So it goes back to that thing, if you're going to be an expert, mm. if you want to be an expert in, in one field... Make sure that you're really, you know, dedicated to that. As soon as you start crossing over multiple areas, um, it can be a bit of a disaster for your reputation as well. And what you're doing there with the social media element, creating that live opportunity is building that accessibility. So you can have that two-way conversation, Mm. like you say. Once people know, like trust you they can really um they can get to know we were talking with sarah rusbatch about how she shares her personal stories as part of her media appearances and they always do the best mm. so have you had a next level kind of response since you've been giving your listeners the, or viewers this kind of access well yeah look i think probably you know further to the point that that you you raised nick before is that so what happens is when we bring somebody who has been in a one-way street, so, you know, it's a baby John Burgess, you've seen him for 25 years on television as a game show host. Yep. Mm. Um, you've maybe heard him on radio, you know, as, as a very polished radio presenter, but you've never actually seen him banter about himself personally, who he really is. You know, and you start sort of having seeing this conversation going on, you see this other side to this human being. Let's mm. face it, you know, we're very good in the media, creating a, an image, an impression. Yep. But um, very rarely do we let people in, yep. you know, and, and sometimes you've got to let people in because they get to know you and they go, wow, you know what? He 
he's a really nice guy. Yeah. You know, that Pete Corelli, I hear him, he's, he's slick on radio. I said to him, you know, midway through the, the, the show, I said, Pete, you're not just a, um, you're not just a golden voice, are you? Yeah. <laughs> you can, you can actually cook. You're, yeah. you know, you've got a family. You're, you know, you're, a, you're a really lovely down to earth guy. And I think that's what that particular show does. His focaccia looked a little too doughy for me. Oh, you reckon? Yeah. Mm. But <laughs> or maybe the Australian cricket team could go and re-watch the Justin Langer episode of Delish and just get a sense of what a don't, top bloke he is. Don't get me started. Oh. Don't and the board, path. they should watch it too. I'm all upset. They should be thrown out and uh, there's a few other people probably need a good kick in there because mm. you're talking about a great guy there. Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> now, um, Trevor, were you a horticulturalist before you were a storyteller or were you a storyteller before you were a horticulturalist? Um, look, I think I think I've been on a constant evolution. I remember my grandfather was a dairy farmer, and in his late eighties, he something came up one day, and he gave me one of the best bits of advice. And he says, "You know, you never stop learning, yeah. and you should mm. never stop learning. And the more we learn, uh, the more we can share." So, you know, my my career started in that space. Um, back in two thousand and six, we started another television show. Um, called Explore TV, and we've travelled all over the world. You know, I've had the fortune, the good fortune, to work in places like Canada over 16 times, Ireland over 12 times, South Korea over 12 times. And when you when you start doing that, you're meeting people, you're learning things, and my job when I'm doing that is to take those learnings and then present it as part of a story within a television program that inspires people to get out and experience these things for themselves. Oh, it's... Not- my greatest, my greatest uh, mistake. I never got my own travel show. I know. <laughs> Why <laughs> didn't I do that in the beginning? Everyone says it's the dream job, isn't oh. it? The travel show. But Trevor, tell them it's hard work. Would you? It's terribly hard work. My my <laughs> wife. When we started at two thousand and six, we uh, she was pregnant with our first son. We had three. Th- 13 months apart so uh, um, she was in baby brain for about five years but I, she was such a, a, a great wife for me she would say oh, I'm so worried about you you know you're traveling all the way to Canada you know it's so long you know take some vitamin C tablets so you don't get sick and I go yeah and then when I got there I'd ring her up and I'd say darling I'm, I'm here it's all okay we got here okay crew's all tucked up in bed they're all sleeping we'll be fine we get back to work tomorrow she goes, oh thank goodness because I've been so worried about you Aww. and then three weeks later she you'd see the TV show and she'd say, what, you were eating this <laughs> and you were travelling on that and you did the train and you were in the snow and so I'm still lucky to still be married to the same lady. Um, very fortunate. Sure, he's been very understanding but but there is something in that and it is hard work and that's one of the things that you have to be willing to put in if you're going to be in the media. You have to learn that story and it can't be... It can't be what's sat in a magazine. Mm. It's got to be something that comes from the heart, that's personal. You know, if it's a if it's a character that that you're actually interacting with, it's like, how do I find a way to grab this guy and drag him into this story? Because he's as big a part of that story about this cave or this location or the history. Um, that's the sort of stuff that makes it special. And it's really important that whatever we tackle... It has that special edge to it, you know. It has some warmth. I'm feeling the special edge just in your voice, <laughs> Trevor, because I think is your voice is very, very powerful. In uh, and I've heard you on radio before, and and I think this is a question I'm going to come to you very shortly with: is why aren't you in radio full time? You're obviously too busy with what you're doing in TV. But um, that voice, are you are you conscious of the voice that you have when you're delivering your content and how you do it because it, the passion, the energy, the whole vibe, you it's are a, putting everything into this. Oh, no, it's, it's genuine. So, yeah. so you know, um, I, I, I remember I was hosting a tourism conference function and uh, somebody midway through the conference said, oh, you know, like, you know, 
you seem, you know, how did you find your way into, how did you get the international travel and then the destination WA and then the, the food and, and then, you know, the garden, you know, it's all like you've just got this thing and I just said, yeah, look, to be quite honest, if I could sum it up in a really short way, I'm a selfish bastard <laughs> because I'm doing what I love. Yeah. I was lucky enough to find a way to do what I love that I have passion for, move into that path and to take people along and share that journey. So, yeah, I, I am you know, energetic and passionate about these things. And I think we all need to be that if we want people to believe us. You need to be able to recreate the wonderful vibe that you're talking about, Nick, that, yep. that oh, wow, wouldn't it be great to go to that place? You can't let people see the 16 hours of travel sure. that have happened to get there, maybe the lack of support in terms of a makeup artist. I don't know. You know what I mean? Like, they're, 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 you have to do all that stuff yourself. People yep. go, oh, do you have a wardrobe manager or a makeup artist? Is there anyone there to mop your brow? No. Um, who writes your scripts? Me. Mm-hmm. Uh, okay. Um, you know, how many are on the crew? There are about four of us. You know, that's actually pretty tight. Mm. You know, it's tiring. It's exhausting. But you've got to make days. it look like you're in the middle of the holiday. Yeah. And your 20 years longevity mm-hmm. is, can only be when it is real, when it is authentically you. Well, yeah. Look, and I think um, the opportunities that we've had with the Nine Network in particular is a, is a really good example where they know they know that we really believe in what we do. So if we say we're going to do something, yep. we do it. We make it happen. And sometimes, you know, as much as a, for – whatever reason, you know, Calms and I have been trekking through, you know, the East Kimberley, you know, up up a river stream in 45 degrees and it's, we're all slowly melting, but we've got to get to this particular waterfall and we we kind of, we get there and we get to the waterfall and we do our piece to camera and we jump in the water and we're like, oh, Uh. and then these backpackers walk past (laughs) and go, oh, look, you're only one step off the big waterfall. (laughs) We we, we went on early and you know what's happened, all my hair's wet, my makeup, I was a beetroot. Uh, yeah. we're Did you include that in the story, though? Because that would have been funny. No, because we snuck up and the professionals we were, we went and we did the next bit and nobody yeah. knew uh. any difference. No one could tell. And that's it. You, it. It is one of those formats where you're taking that perfect perfect moment because cause what do we want to do when we're on holidays? Mm. We want perfection on our holidays and we want to dream. It's aspirational. Oh. I often say there is another show I reckon Trev and I should make one day, which is the real holiday mm. you know that the moments that go wrong yeah. like that oh what what goes on yeah. behind the scenes is incredible you know I, I told you the story about my wife and uh you know how understanding she is so when our, our children had turned i think our eldest was about five my my parents very kindly said sure um trev's just doing this thing in canada um you know it's it's newfoundland you know, and you always said that you wanted to go to New, New Finland. Why don't you go with him? We'll look after the kids. And she was oh, like, wow. this is great. Yeah, I, well, I'm going to do it. So we pack up, we pack our crew up. We got all of our, you know, 250 kilos of equipment that we're traveling with. And we all head to the airport and we get on our plane in Perth and we fly to Sydney and then we fly from Sydney to LA and then we fly from LA to New York <laughs> and then we fly from New York to Toronto and then we fly from Toronto to St. John's. Okay, so 35 hours later, we land in the Are place we that we're going to start mm-hmm. filming. We all, it's, it's 11 o'clock at night. We go to our hotel. It's a lovely hotel. We all, everybody literally crashes and falls asleep. We get up in the morning. We rush off from the hotel because it just happens to be that Newfoundland has the world's biggest tides, 18-metre tides. And there's this harbour called Quiddy Fiddy. And there's, a, there's boats in the harbour. And only when the tide is high can the boats get out yeah. and it goes up and down twice a day. So we know we can only get out once and we can only get in once. So there's a fair bit of pressure and we open the, all of our camera equipment up 
and we pull it out and out of the back of the plane they dropped the camera case <sighs> and the prison within the camera um, has shattered. So <sighs> this $140,000 camera is shattered. We've got no time and it just happens to be that the managing director of Canadian Tourism decides that she's going to travel with us on this journey. <sighs> so this is these are the times when you know you really are put to the test. How do we find in one of the most... If you go to Albany, Western Australia, there's a sign that says the furthest place on the planet that you can go to on the other side mm. is St. John's, Newfoundland. Oh, that's where you were. Right, and okay. that's where we were. So, oh. so, you know, you have these moments yeah. of crisis. And at the time, our, our producer, Kale, who, who you know very well, mm -hmm. smoked. And I've never seen somebody with two cigarettes lit in both <laughs> hands, but he was doing it because he was he was feeling the that pressure. stressed. This is it. You've got a commitment mm -hmm. and, and a time frame to achieve these things. So I bet Shori didn't think that... That was the really the fun trip that so, she was expecting it to so be. So her level of sympathy for the, the trials and tribulations we go through suddenly mm -hmm. went back up. And look, I could tell you this story, you know, time and time again. I can The time we were chased by wild elephants in Mozambique and <laughs> things like that. You know, these are, these are all crazy experiences that you're only probably ever going to have once in your life. And there are challenges, but we rise to those challenges. We're, we're as good as them, if not better. We just have to be prepared. Do you get a replacement prison? We we had to get a replacement camera, but it just happened to be that Newfoundland, apart from being spectacular and rugged, is also a home to a regatta. It's held once a year. Oh. It happened to be the day before we were there. It had been held for 120 years, and in that period of time, it had only successfully happened 13 times. <laughs> because the weather's so bad, nobody can ever get on the water. Yeah, yeah. But the other thing Newfoundland's famous for is that they've got the most pubs in one lineal mile. So everybody was only ever going there for the regatta to go to the pubs. Mm. So the film crew that came from Toronto that was covering it had a camera. Ugh. And uh, they were all recovering from a hangover. And we said, guys, can we do a deal with you? So it took us about uh, eight hours or so, but we eventually worked out that we could borrow their camera <laughs> and return it to Toronto on our way back through on our next part of our journey. So these, these are the challenges. And, and yes, my wife was... Um, yeah, she, she kind of saw the other side to it. Yeah, you can't yeah. afford to drop your bundle, as we've <laughs> talked about on this podcast before. When these things go wrong, you've no. got to find a way to, to make the product happen. It's character building. Um, yeah. And, you know, when you rise above that, it's that's what the stories and the kind of stories mm. that you can tell. I'm fascinated. And you can't be addicted to perfection either in these circumstances, Nick, either. You know, if, if the, the well, elephants Obviously, if you, if you, don't go, in, if you, you go into the wrong waterfall <laughs> and you miss, the, you miss the big one... It's true. I mean... There, there was probably a moment there I thought, well, great. We've done this piece to camera. It's not going to see the light of day now because the end of the story is now different. Yep. So you have to roll with it. Yep. Otherwise, you miss the, the really important thing for the viewer. Trevor, you've, you've been around television for a long time. What have been the biggest changes? Well, it's dramatically changed in every sense of the word. So from a technical point of view, it's dramatically changed. I think um, as a business, you know, we've evolved as well. And, and it's really important that um, – that I put everything that we've done into context, and that is that it is a team. Um, Carmen knows all too well that there's a there's a whole bunch of people. You know, I've had, uh, you know, my cameraman, for example, has been with us for 15 years. My the head of post production was the guy that filmed and edited the very first episodes we ever did 20 years ago. Mm. You know, Kale, my producer, my chief producer, has been with us for for 15 years. So there's a very good team. At the same time, we are also a training school for people coming through the industry. Right. So we're giving opportunities to people to come through and and hone their craft, learn how we do it, you know, go on and do it their own way as well. So yep. um, th there's a lot of, 
I, I, there's a lot of change through that period of time. And, and probably from a business point of view, you know, in the, the early days, we subcontracted a lot of our production work out. But um, you probably 10 years ago, we went and bought all of our own cameras, our own edit suites, our own facilities. And um, those steps, each of those incremental steps within a business um, are vitally important if you can see the big picture and if you have that confidence and self-belief that you can go and make it happen, um, those are the steps that you can take and then they become wonderful assets for you to be able to move on and do other things. You know, our business has now evolved to the point where, you know, we'll do 150 episodes of, of television for mainstream broadcast and pr predominantly in that sort of lifestyle genre this year. But we have, uh, at the moment, we have several multi-million dollar projects. We have three of them uh, that will definitely go, go ahead this year, factual projects. Um, another one that's a travel project, but not for the Australian market. It's actually for the Indian market. So mm. it's for Discovery India, which will go to 50 million Indian subscribers about how wonderful WA is as a, as a destination. So Gosh. these are all projects that you can only create if you slowly build your way up. And those numbers, 50 million mm. online... Indian uh, yeah. audience, the target audiences that we're after. And I think, you know, we've all seen the, the demise of uh, television audiences just purely out of the competition that, that they're up against. Mm. But if you still produce good programs, good product, you can find an audience for them. And not just that. Yeah, I would imagine also, too, from a marketing and a sales perspective, that you'll have brands coming to you and saying, we still need high-quality products or placed or put into programs that are delivered to our audience in a way that we just can't do it. Well, I haven't talked about how we do what we do. But, mm. I mean, um, in, in essence, we tell stories. We tell stories on behalf of somebody else. But we can't let we can't let it be advertorial. So no. we have to find this way of telling a story, of, of introducing, say if we're talking in the garden genre, we're talking about, you know, this is a typical problem. You know, you love your lawn and suddenly we hit, you know, 14, 40 plus degree days, the, the greatest record we've ever had, and there's patches appearing. And, and what do you do? <laughs> you see my lawn lately. How, mm -hmm. uh, well, how do you solve that that's problem? That's the art. And, yeah. and that's where we, you know, we get to this point and we go, look, it's probably killing you, but... This is the solution. I'm going to show you this wetting agent. Now, this one is different to others because when you put it in the watering can and you water it over, you're going to see it's bubbling up. And that just means that it's actually getting moisture getting into in. the soil. So suddenly you're going, that's what I need. Actually, yeah. what, what is that? Because I do need it. <laughs> so there we go. So He's addressed the pain point beautifully, oh God, hasn't he? Yeah. So, and so any content maker can employ that for themselves. No, I'm serious. What is it? <laughs> called sea soul soil wetter and Thank you can't you. go wrong beautiful <laughs> i promise we you. got a there sea we go. soul into yeah. the podcast and uh, this Job podcast done. is brought to you by sea soul <laughs> no well done and I, I love that because i think that's where for brands when they even speak to us is you know how do we get out there and how, how do we do it this is still an important part of how to do it even though it might not strictly be advertorial in that sense mm. but um, you need to be part of programs. You need to be part of the bigger picture. You need to be part of everything mm. on the communication cycle. Well, look, I, I think also, you know, when we started, this this was a very strange concept. We were probably the first, mm. some one of the first to actually say, well, look, I'm not going to apologise for telling a story about a problem that somebody experiences in their garden and providing them with a solution. And yep. if that, that company that is, is core to that solution, you know, is investing in our product... Um, 
that is a natural byproduct. They would have previously spent that on 30-second TVCs or yep. you know press adverts or doing things in a very traditional way. And, and the message here is that the, the whole market has changed. It's not traditional. We just had Sarah Knight from the ABC on. We wouldn't even be able to mention CSOL no, on, on the ABC. Point. There so you go. There's trouble. Yeah, yeah, but the experts listening, you know, when you get that call, the temptation when you get a media opportunity is, oh, it's got to be all about me. It's got to be about my product. It's got to be about my service, my coaching, whatever I do. You're not going to achieve results if you just bang on and sell yourself all the time. Exactly. It's actually the other way around. And look, you know, we've all been through that learning curve, yeah. but but that's what gives you longevity. And that is, it's not about you. It's actually about the person that you're talking to. So if you're if you're relevant to them, and, and I'll go back to your point, Nick, you know, if, if you're going to say there was one single significant change in media in, in the 20 years that I've been in it, when I started, there were four TV stations in Western Australia, right? Yeah. Okay. There, there is now, you know, 18 that are, that are sort of mainstream. And then, you know, we've got all the streamers all and everything the else out there. So there's actually never been a better time to be delivering good content because there is a channel out there that actually services one way or the other the needs of people. And and we used to be focused on, I've got to have a million people watch my show on a Friday night. But here's, here's the thing, is that you don't. I can tell you now that of the 418,000 on average that watch The Garden Gurus, that actually a very large number of those people are quite dedicated to it. The demographics consistent every week. The numbers consistent every week. The reaction via social media. So the the web activity, the social media activity, they're all very similar numbers. So we we got a good idea that they're fairly they're, it's a fairly stable audience. But your ability to reach 418,000 people that are actually interested in gardening, right? It's the bit about you're getting people who are interested in mm, what you're doing. The right eyeballs. That bit, yeah. It's target marketing. It's talking to your demographic the right way. That's but the key. If these microphones weren't locked into their cases, that would be a drop mic moment. <laughs> uh, Trevor, fantastic. Thank you so much for coming on the Experts Podcast. It's been my pleasure. A real pleasure to meet you. If people want to get in contact with you, how do they do it? Well, probably the simplest thing to do is contact us via our website. So, um, you know, that's that's out there and all our contact details are there. Beautiful. Well, another good one, comes. Always a good time. Did, did, you did all right in front of your boss. Yeah, thanks. Yeah, well, I mean, look, I'm, I'm, I'm talking up a bit. I'm a contractor, really. Free yep. agent. Nick, Nick, can we do a session on uh, difficult employees? <laughs> yeah, well, that's f- <laughs> that'll be the next episode. Oh, Excellent, Trevor. <laughs> Thank you so much. That's Trevor Cochran, everyone. Uh, thank you so much for joining us on the Experts Podcast. Now, if you want to get in contact with us, jump onto any of our social media platforms, the Experts Podcast. Uh, look out for some of Carmen's reels. They are very good. Um, and we'll catch you next week when we talk to another expert or another media. You've been listening to the Experts Podcast, powered by Media Stable. If you'd like to get in contact with the team, head to mediastable.com.com dot au